COVID has changed the way that we operate and think and act. Right now, one of the biggest concerns for leaders in the social sector is the well-being of their staff. From pro bono news and top five movement, this is the Leading Generous Teams podcast, and I'm Claire Desira. As the founder of the Top Five Movement, I've worked with thousands of leaders across 40 countries, and I've seen how challenging it is to lead teams at the best of times, let alone right now. COVID-19 has had a seismic impact on the social sector, and this is taking its toll on the people working in it. So this show is dedicated to you, generous leaders who recognize that the resilience, mindset, and mental health of your teams has never been more important. Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. And if you can't wait to start building your team's resilience with our free tools, head on over to top5movement.com forward slash tools to get started. And of course, for all of your social sector news, head on over to probonoaustralia.com.au. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leading Generous Teams. Our guest today is the wonderful Rianne Miller, the Head of Programs at AIM. Hi, Ree, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, I know that AIM started 16 years ago and at the time, AIM standard for Australian Indigenous Mentoring Experience and it was very much Australian-based. But look, this is absolutely a movement, which is what your organisation set out to be and now you're actually in six countries, which is just incredible. So can you tell us a little bit about your role and, and your work? Yeah, so, you know, I came to AIM as a shy and reserved Indigenous kid in high school. And for many kids like me, there are a lot of predetermined paths that are outlined for us. And AIM showed me that I could truly imagine what's possible and do whatever I set my mind to. So when I graduated school in 2014, I applied for a casual role with AIM. And ever since then, I I suppose I've been rising up the ranks, you could say, and I'm very fortunate to be in the role of overseeing all of our programs globally. And for me, it's just been unreal being a part of, I suppose, building the bridges between those with power and marginalised kids around the world. And the origins of the model originally placed university students with other students from underprivileged and marginalised backgrounds. And the bridge of mentoring became the framework for black and white to come together in a safe place to redesign moral codes, understandings and social operations. And since all of these inequality and, you know, significant challenges we're facing around the world, we've been able to expand to six different countries and really be able to make a bold global experiment to to build a space where black and white can come together, where those with power and those without can forge new bonds and where we can look to redesign the way the world works. Gosh, I just got goosebumps. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what a journey you've been on discovering and having something sparked off as a student yourself. And what a unique position you're in to be really able to understand what some of the students and the young people that interact with AIM have to offer and also what they have ahead of them, which is just incredible. Now, I know your year has turned out to be a little different um, from looking after these programs in six countries and and planning on travelling around. I'm really interested to understand what has the impact of COVID been on you and your team? Yeah, I think COVID has changed the way that we operate and think and act. The work that we originally did 
was 100% in person and on school and university campuses, both here in Australia and, you know, in Africa and America. And it meant that we as staff members couldn't be face-to-face with kids. And for the, the impact of that, at the end of the day, is really hard to grasp when your everyday is mentoring kids and being one-on-one and, you know, assisting with homework and assignments. And so for us, it was a massive reality shock of not being able to be that support person for students. And with the number of kids affected by COVID and school closures almost at, I think, you know, by March, it was 1.5 billion kids whose education was going to be affected. We had to adjust so quickly and be able to assist these kids that, you know, maybe don't have mentors at home and maybe don't have people in their lives that can push them to do their homework or to, you know, dive deeper into an assignment. And so for us, the impact was what we were feeling from the students and, you know, as staff members and as mentors, it was really difficult to be able to take the step back and say, you know, maybe we can't solve a pandemic. Maybe we can't, you know, solve the biggest problems and challenges these kids are having in the world right now. But what we can do is support them digitally and, you know, continue to be a mentor. But it meant that we had to adapt quickly and change so much so that, yeah, kids could still have support during one of the most toughest times in the world. I'm so pleased you're able to adapt so quickly, but I'd imagine for many people that are involved in your programs, and as you've said, that face-to-face contact and that being able to support in that way would be the thing that fuels their fire and keeps them going in many ways. And I hear you when you say that what your team was feeling is what the students were feeling. So what have you done to support your team's mindset, resilience and mental health? Yeah, you know, once COVID hit, it was obvious that it was going to be around for the long haul, whether we liked it or not, you know, operating in third world countries means that the the cure can take longer to get there. And so the first thing we did as an organisation was sign up to an employee access program that offers counselling and services and online material for mental health services for our staff members and our volunteers in the program. We offered discretionary leave to our employees for their wellbeing And we've obviously allowed very flexible working hours and home arrangements for staff. And then I think from a fun side of it, you know, our HR team was absolutely incredible when this pandemic hit and they offered, you know, workshops from three days a week in puppeteering, in painting, in, you know, training like an Olympic athlete and through, you know, the the digital stuff we've been able to do with Imagination TV, which is how we mentor kids daily we've been able to have some incredible mentors and guests come onto the show to one, not only mentor the kids, but they also provide our staff with professional training and development. And we've had guests from all fields, such as Stan Grant, Nelson Mandela's daughter. You know, we've had a comedian, which is Randy Feltface, who's a puppet. We've had Malcolm Turnbull, who's obviously the former prime minister of Australia, Dr. Happy. And, you know, I could name a bunch more, but Throughout the weeks and the days, they've all been able to provide us with, you know, a level of understanding of how to check ourselves, how to ensure we're okay, how to support one another, and most importantly, just get through this really tough time that we're all experiencing. I love that. I love you bringing in external insights, you bring in uh, professional support, you're pulling those levers that are within your control around the leave 
uh, and also doing some stuff for fun. Mm. Like it's so often lost, isn't it? Just doing things for fun. Definitely. We live in such a time where everything's 24-7 and it's so rushed and it's so based on outcomes that that connection to fun can be lost, but it is so good for us. Yeah, one of our um, key values at AIM is imagination and, you know, our boss really takes that home and truly, I suppose, inspires us to be imaginative every day and, you know, sometimes we'll jump on, like, very important work or strategy calls and he'll be presenting the whole thing with a puppet. Or like, you know, we'll have to get up and do a dance and like some of the most craziest things. But, you know, it really just connects us all at the end of the day. And it's something that we can laugh about during this time, which, yeah, I'm just absolutely loving. Oh, how fun. And, it you know, it just disrupts the norm. It gets you to think differently and feel different in your body and in your mind as well, which is really important. Now, since your first connection with AIM, back when you were a student, you've become very rapidly, but also very immersed in change and leadership and resilience for thousands across the world. And I'd imagine that, you know, one of your strengths is being able to feel what the students feel to be able to support them and create these meaningful programs. But on the flip side of that, I'd imagine that that work also takes a lot of resilience. So I'm really curious, Ray, what do you do to manage and build your own mindset, resilience and mental health? Yeah, I'd say I'm a massive empath, which has its perks, but it also is at the opposite end of the spectrum, especially during a global pandemic. Um, And, you know, I was telling just before we went live with this that I've recently moved across Australia from Perth, Western Australia, to Sunshine Coast in Queensland, and that was purely because I wanted a better life. You know, I'm only 23 and spend... 100% of my time working and, you know, on calls with people from all around the world at literally all kind of hours of the day. And I got partnered with a mentor at AIM. So we have this program called Mentoring Residence where, you know, our CEO and founder connects people to us that are CEOs at other places so that we can begin to upskill and grow ourselves. And I was fortunate enough to be connected to Cy Philby, who's the founder of Background. And he's all about, you know, looking after yourself so that you can be better at work. And that was something that I'd never even considered before the global pandemic. And, you know, he was talking about a way of life and he was like, you know, at 23, if I was doing what you were doing, like I would have learned all of these lessons by now. And he was like, let's, you know, let's make sure we continue this mentoring relationship so that you can actually learn and grow yourself as an individual and as AIM. And so, yeah, he really inspired me to, you know, work out what kind of morning routines I wanted, what kind of friends I wanted to be around, who I wanted to be, and then helped me put all of that into place. And so that all happened during lockdown. And the moment borders opened up, I drove 5,000 Ks across country to get to Queensland before borders closed again. Um, just so I could have, I suppose, the life that a 23-year-old would have or so that I could, you know, get into the sunshine, get my dog out to dog beaches and really just begin to start looking after myself first and my own well-being. Um, There was no real, I suppose, reason for this. You know, I wasn't struggling with my mental health or anything at that stage and really just wanted to, to explore what was out there and what the possibilities were. And now that I'm up here, I've found, you know, a psych that I really enjoy going to. 
And again, it's not because I'm struggling, but simply because it's so great to be able to have someone to bounce ideas and opinions off of and to help me comprehend things and make sense of this world that we live in. And yeah, I've really started beginning to look after myself and to, you know, take leave when I need to take leave and prioritize my own well-being first, which has been a really incredible part of this pandemic um, that I've found personally is that we all start to have more time to focus on ourselves and those around us. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. There are so many things that you've just shared. And can I just say that having that that mentoring relationship that has brought for you to life the idea of creating that life and the idea of that connection around looking after yourself leads to being able to have a bigger impact in all parts of your life. Let me tell you that I work with people and leaders across all different parts and stages of their career and some people never learn that let alone learn it at 23 so that is it's just incredible that you've not just been shared this lesson by a mentor but you've actually said you know what I'm going to try this out and I'm going to think about what might be available for me at a new level and you've literally got in the driver's seat for 5,000 k's to start to create this life. Um, I also really love what you said about proactively seeing a psychologist, not necessarily because you're struggling, but just to really help you comprehend and navigate this life that we live in. It's just such a strong strength of a leader and it's been such a theme of this podcast around don't wait until you're in crisis to go and seek that mental health support. Leverage those supports and benefits uh, to support you wherever you're at, which is just excellent. So thank you for sharing that. No worries. I mean, it's worked so far, so we'll see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) And look, I've only known you a short time, but I'm pretty sure when something's not working, you find a way to adjust and you draw on support. Yeah, I love it. And Re, how can you see what you're doing? How does that extend onto your teams? Yeah, I think if the team can see leaders taking a break and, you know, openly sharing these kinds of stories and saying like you know what it's okay if you want to have a day off if you want to go to the beach if you want to go and see a psychologist or seek support like as long as the team members can see that the leaders in the organization are trying then they're going to be more inclined to reach out to check in to communicate with other people and I think most importantly utilize the resources that we have it's wonderful um Tell me, what are your hopes for your team? Yeah, hopes for the team is that we learn from this experience and that we, I suppose, take a moment to appreciate how amazingly resilient and determined the team of individuals are, no matter how far away we can be, you know, whether we're in different continents around the country and really that we can flip the script and we can adapt and we can power on during these times of struggle if we support one another to be able to do so. I love it. Thank you so much. Hey, where can we find out more about your team and your wonderful work? Yeah, you can head to aimmentoring.com and find out all of the info and what we're doing on the website. Wonderful. Ria Miller, thank you so much for your time and your wonderfully practical tips and your generous leadership. The world just would not be the same without it. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. 
Brienne Miller, what a woman and a leader so many, not just to her global team that she's leading, but also to the thousands of young people that she's already come across through her work with AIM. It's just incredible. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling moved by her clarity and her drive and her thirst for learning. Re told me about a few ways that you can get involved in AIM, whether it's volunteering or fundraising. And just over the last week, they've launched an open university where you can actually get a degree in imagination and organizing change. So be sure to check out the AIM website if that is of interest. As I share my reflections from our conversation today, I really wanted to echo that it's fantastic again to see those employee assistance supports being used by AIM. So being able to support their staff to actually seek out and access mental health professionals through work. And wonderfully, that's also being extended to the volunteers at AIM as well, which is terrific to see. Some of those extra benefits like discretionary leave and flexible hours and that trusting your team to ask for what they need are actually also really valuable as well. I love that Ree shared with us about the effort that the team AIM are making to really keep learning together and having fun and bringing in external speakers and insights and perspectives as well. But, you know, fun is the key word there. How can you keep having fun and connecting and refueling yourselves through joy as a team? It's really important at the moment. Ree generously shared that she's proactively seeing a psychologist and this is just terrific. It's something that we've talked a lot about on season one about what if we could really reframe and reposition and re-see mental health as a proactive support, not just something that we access when we're in crisis. And you could hear Re talk about how it's not because she's struggling, but it's just about proactively seeing someone to be able to help comprehend things. And this message is so powerful, not just for her, but for other leaders and for other young people as well that are involved in AIM that are looking up to her as one of the most incredible leaders. The other thing that Ree talked about was mentors. And I want to expand on the idea of mentors today and actually think of, expand that out to not just thinking about who could be your mentor, but actually reflecting and reviewing who's on your own advisory board. All great change-making organizations and not-for-profit have their own board, advisory board, and strategic board. And I just wonder, who's in your own personal advisory board? You'd never have a board that was just made up of one person, right? You need different ideas. You need diversity. You need people to challenge things and to support ideas and to bring different experience. And when we're putting together our own personal advisory board, which you may have already done informally but not thought about it this way, it's really important to get that mix as well, a mix of different people that you seek advice from. So some few examples here are you might want to consider someone who has more experience in the work that you're doing. So if you know the type of work you want to do, who has more experience in that? Maybe some years on that and maybe in an area where you want to work so you can actually learn more from them, learn different perspectives. Another is thinking about someone who does similar work but in a completely different industry or for a completely different cause so you can learn about some kind of parallel insights, some things that are happening differently. Another person you might want to consider having on your board is someone younger than you, someone younger than you that's maybe up and coming in your field or you just really admire and you can clearly see how much value a young person can bring to your life just with our short conversation with Ree today. She's a terrific example of the valuable lessons that can be learned from people that are earlier on in their career than you. 
It's of course also important on your personal advisory board to have people who won't always just agree with you too. There's a really special place in our support crew for someone who challenges us and brings a different perspective. And that's of course in in a safe and encouraging way, but actually deliberately seeking out the views of people who don't just agree with you. It's so easy to find and connect and seek support and reassurance from people who agree with you and tell you what you want to hear. But there's also that flip side um, value as well from someone who isn't going to play that role. And of course, In these 24-7 modern times where we can add a lot of pressure to ourselves and for a lot of us, critical thinking is our go-to when we're stressed. Having someone like a coach on your team who can nudge you and help you believe that you're capable of more than you realize, especially on the shaky days, can be really valuable too. So generous leaders, as you continue to do your incredible work and support those around you, I encourage you to slow down so you can go faster. And this week, that slowing down might be about thinking who's in your support crew. Is it time to reach out and reconnect or to thank people for being there? You know, the ones, the people who are there that even if you're not in regular contact, you know that they have your back and that they take a call from you if you had a question or a doubt or something to thrash around. Or is it time perhaps to explore some new relationships, perhaps with a mentor, someone in your industry or with a coach? As we wrap up today, another big thanks to Rianne Miller from AIM, our generous guest today. Our interview today with Rianne concludes our conversations with guests for season one of Leading Generous Teams. If you've missed any episodes, head on back. They're all there on your favourite podcast app, or on both the Top 5 Movement and Pro Bono website, so feel free to catch on up. We still have a bonus episode to share this Friday, so stay tuned for that. And until then, we wish you a cracking week ahead. Thank you for listening. As we wrap, I want to say a big thank you to all of the generous leaders and their teams out there making a difference in our world, especially right now. I'd like to say thank you to the people of the Kulin Nation from the country where this podcast is produced. And of course, I want to say thank you to you, our listeners. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode. And if you're looking for some tools to get started with straight away, we've got some for you. Head over to top5movement.com forward slash tools. For the latest social sector news, head over to probonoaustralia.com.au. And for now, we're wishing you the strongest mental health mindset and resilience as you head into the rest of your day. Have a good one.